Good to be with you again here. Here, here, here we go, man. Yeah. Round, round two. We've done round this two. before. It's been a while, yeah. But it's good to be back. Yeah, and but not with um, uh, not with video. That's right. Now yeah. everybody can see our beautiful faces. We're we're going we're going higher level, right? Like with it, this with this technology and this is some next level digital stuff right here. Yeah. And your first time actually here at our church. Here at uh, Seattle Revival Center. And actually uh, I've known about you guys forever, and we've been buddies for a long time. So it's fun to actually be here with you guys. Been yeah. Last. And la- but wasn't it last year you were at Port Orchard in Nazarene? I was, yeah. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Do you know Jerry and those guys? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So you did a church in the South area last year. Yes. And you're doing uh, a church this year in the South area. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a Northwest guy, so it's it's sort of my backyard. I can always drive up and have some fun with you guys so I mean, are you getting any, any sort of feedback from the tribe like john you're selling out like what are you doing like you know hitting up churches well actually uh i'm, I'm a bit of a church man people don't realize that people okay. don't realize john crowder even does sunday mornings occasionally really? so yeah yeah when, absolutely when you, when you do sunday mornings like where, where do you go what does that look like when i do a sunday morning i am always on my best behavior you know <laughs> it's i'm a lot nicer than i am on youtube usually yeah 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 yeah, is it like? Do you guys do mega? Like, is it like a big kind of church where you, you know uh-huh. we can kind of get in and get out without people being like? <laughs> oh, you mean attending churches? Yeah. I was saying no. Actually, people actually have me in to speak on oh, Sunday okay. mornings I th- as well. I, th- I thought it's, the Crowders uh, were now like yeah. you know. But I no, I do go sometimes to local churches in Portland, and we we do tend to do slip in, slip out just because you, you know I'm a bit of a celebrity in small niche markets and uh, in the charismatic world. So <laughs> absolutely, yeah. We also have groups that we. Like a kind of organic group of friends we get together with and and, and worship a bit regularly in in uh like in our homes and that kind of thing. But yeah. we also yeah we do churches and take our kids to youth group and that sort of thing. So last time we talked, you were like doing this like like sabbatical thing. Like you were you were oh, yeah, trying yeah. to practice rest and yes. I think you even went to like a, a silent kind of monastery where you did like an oath or vow of silence maybe that was part of that time i'm not sure yeah yeah i didn't quite take a vow you know i'd I'd hate to set myself up for failure in that way and then just start blabbing because i i put myself under law all of a sudden right 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 but no i i uh i've always been a big thomas merton fan and when i first got into the church mystics you know even that that word like I didn't understand what what are the mystics and and I realized there was this rich tradition of contemplative guys who love the practice of the presence of God. So Merton was one of my favorites, and you know he's for people who aren't familiar. Thomas Merton was this uh, this Trappist monk who you know a few decades ago was just very popular, and he wrote these amazing books. And so I I, I went to his monastery in Louisville, Kentucky. 
and uh, spent like a three days of just silence. And it's amazing. Like you're, you're hanging with the monks. Uh, they don't ask you if you're Catholic or not. So you can sneak in there and have communion with them as well. And like you're, you're eating food and like everybody's just eating silently. And man, everybody is just full on aware of the presence. They're just doing daily stuff. But they are tuned in. They're not just, you know, going by routine. They are very um, conscious of the presence of God. So it was a lot of fun. And I also, that year, I went to uh, Mount Athos mm. in Greece, um, which is like the center of Orthodox monasticism. And they don't do as many, like the vow of silence as much mm -hmm. as the Catholics do, but a very cool organic living like off the grid carrying stuff around with donkeys in these thousand year old byzantine monasteries with killer icons all over the walls and candles and just praying all through the night it was like it, it was almost like a house of prayer that was uh, just hammered you know and these <laughs> monks they're like they're aware as well you know it's not like they're just going through the motions it's just they love the presence of god so that was i, I didn't mean to ramble on that no, so awesome. long but That's yeah awesome. I, I did do that on my my uh my sabbatical last so it was like year, this yeah. year-long kind of kind of uh thing right like yeah. where, you were, where, where you were attempting to to rest and like yeah. you know when you look back at last year and like this this year of like of rest yeah. um uh I guess I mean I think that's such a, a tricky conversation. This whole thing of rest, like for me, like I yeah. struggle with it a lot because I think yeah. a lot of the ways that people um, say like like this is what rest looks like. Like if mm. I try to practice rest the mm. way that other people practice rest, I just feel frustrated. Yeah. So like it's always been this place of trying to discover what yeah. what is my rest ethic going to look like. Just yeah. just as far as like just value my my temple and my family and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So for you, like with with your work ethic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, where do you find rest? Like, where do you feel like you're actually getting replenished and, yeah. and finding like, you know, yeah. your color returning back to your skin? That, that's a great question. I, I'd love to hear first though, like you more mm -hmm. expand on your experience on that before I give you the answer. Because okay. I, oh, I see what you, I see what you did here. Yeah. John. Yeah. Flipping, yeah. Flipping yeah. The I, tables a little bit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, for me, like my, my sanctuary of solitude has become LA fitness. Nice. Right. Like, okay. like yeah. so for me, uh, I never would work out at the gym or anything. Do you wear yoga pants or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, I got my own line. <laughs> so if people want to go onto my website, okay. you can, you can okay. check out, uh, you know. Stots. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's inappropriate pastor wear, you know, is what it is. What it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, we don't want to make anybody stumble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like the thing about it was like going to the gym wasn't about like getting ripped. Like yeah. it was literally like my place of just mm. zoning out of any sort of like yeah. work stuff or ministry stuff mm -hmm. or, 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 or relational stuff. And it, it gave me something to focus on, mm -hmm. um, as far as like, you know, sets, reps, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I'd also just like cruise, uh, Instagram, I'd be watching different YouTube videos as far as how to do things right. And so, um, I would spend probably, and then I'd hit up the sauna, the hot tub. So for me, it was just about really just enjoying myself for for a period of time during the day knowing that for the rest of the week i'm gonna have to be very intentional with my focus with my energy with my bandwidth mm -hmm. and so um yeah so it was literally like almost just having permission to hang out and working out was like the excuse yeah. to to go and do that to the degree where if i felt like i didn't get if i felt like that time got robbed from me I would feel angry. I was like, I feel yeah. like I got, I got robbed, yeah. you know? And yeah. so like that became part of my, 
Monday, you know, the day, you know, it's funny too, because I'd run into people from the church and stuff. And I'd tell people in the church, like, you love me on Sunday, because you don't, because I don't have to see you on Monday. You know, like, I need this day to really just kind of like disappear. And so that that's, that's, that's been something I, I still practice now. And something about the sauna as well, like something about just like torturing yourself, that's just like, yeah, I feel rested, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that, that's kind of what I've been practicing for uh, almost two years, I'd say. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I think I think physical exercise is so uh, underappreciated at, at times for the centering aspect because mm-hmm. our bodies and our, our our spirituality are connected. And you always say you have people that get really weird with that concept, and you, you know they come up with all these spiritualized diets and sort of get superstitious. But but there's totally. just something about just getting centered and grounded now i'm I'm currently in a bulking season right now bulking but up. uh yeah but I, I i do love the way that exercise it just you, it kind of flushes your head especially at the beginning of the day of just the importance of stuff that needs to be done and in ministry there's always some open-ended thing project situation emergency that needs to be dealt with so it just sort of centers you and and there is definitely a meditative contemplative aspect of that and if you look at these guys in monasteries so often they're active monks they're not just kneeling praying all day long they're baking bread or churning butter or you know whatever they're Mm -hmm. doing there's a physicality to it there's a a manual labor aspect even to it. And I think that's healthy for everybody to do something physical. You know, Paulie says, um, mind your own business, work with your hands. Now that doesn't mean you can't be an attorney or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think there is something to just simplicity in mm-hmm. our life. And, and, and man, we're in such an age of, of rapid information and technology and just to, to almost unplug and be Amish sounds very romantic to a lot of people, but I think in our daily lives, there are ways we can do that. I think for me, one, one thing I do in the morning is I just, I don't immediately reach for the phone. Mm. I think that's such a temptation and Mm -hmm. that's messed my head up in years past where, um, you do, you have that pressure of the ministry and you can lose yourself in that. And so I just, I just, lay there just as simple as it is i just will lay there you know i guess people used to call that a devotional (laughs) (laughs) but i'll just lay there and i'll I'll, I'll just kind of listen and just meditate and just get centered for the day before i let all the stuff that's going to explode from that phone dictate the pace of my day so I, i think it's not just about pulling aside for times of rest although i think that's good I think it's like incorporating that rest in our daily active Mm. lifestyle. And I'm sure as a pastor, man, you're constantly being pulled on in ways that, you know, are different from, from me, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's that rhythm. I'm sure that you could talk to in, in that sense. Yeah. I think that one of the things I try to hold myself accountable for is finding those, those points in each day where, where I get to kind of disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and that can look a number of different ways. Sometimes we'll just walk out on the prop. We have this seven acres here mm-hmm. that's where Seattle Bible Center is situated and it's right on a green belt. So sometimes I'll just like walk out of the building, leave my phone in the office yeah. and just like, and just walk the property and just sometimes just sit like in the sun. So I think just finding that if I can find it at least it's funny. Um, uh, uh, it's kind of like I want to practice smoke breaks, mm-hmm. 
even though I no longer smoke. You know, right. it's like I remember back in the day I used to work in a call center. Yeah. And um and I remember I used to love the smoke break, you yeah. know, and like and because you get outside and it's like yeah. this is like the church, you know, it's like my church and we'd yeah. sit out there and complain and talk and like it was just like the fresh air and like but it was like by by law. I have to take this break every every two hours, every hour, hour and a half, whatever it is now, you know. Yeah. And so it's like it's like um, I want I want to practice that. Like every two hours, I'm gonna get outside and, and not with a cigarette or an e-cigarette. Like I'm just gonna get out there and just get in the sun and just like, you know. And so, but that's that's hard to do, you know. Yeah. And so that that is kind of interesting. I, like, uh, um, you know, at least with like with when you have a substance reminding you, yeah. like, hey, let's go, let's go rest out. Side. let's yeah, get yeah. you know and so it's totally. like, i almost feel like we need something that can disrupt us hmm. day like a, maybe an app for that i'm sure i'm sure there's something available like that yeah. but it's like hey 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 you know it's funny even like my my i, I have an iWatch. yeah and it's like my iWatch reminds me to breathe the breathe app yeah, yeah sure. it's like it's like this mindfulness kind of thing and yet my iWatch is the very thing that's taking me out of rest continue mm. like i was in a worship service recently and i got an email from somebody in the church that was that was angry at me in the church i can't believe this would happen at src mm-hmm. that message is popping right up on my wrist i didn't ask for that yeah you know, I'm like, right. like, and so I took it off, and 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 the only time I wear my iWatch now is when I'm when I'm jogging, or I want to know what my heart yeah. rate is. But it's so I think that's like the tension right now is that is that they're trying to strap technology to us yeah. to always be nagging us and sure. always kind of driving us and put. But then they're trying to they're trying to like also build within it this component of of like like we don't want to kill it. Like realize this could kill you because it's just driving you insane. So now let's give you your moment of zen. You know, it's like yeah. so I feel that tension. <laughs> you know, being a pastor of like the reminders, the notifications, yes. the the urgency of feeling like I need to respond to something right now because yeah. somebody's offended. And so it's a great opportunity to kind of figure some of this stuff out. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Wouldn't it be nice if, if AI could just be, you know, implanted <laughs> into our brains and just, you know, make all our decisions for us as well and handle our, our daily chores and, um, yeah, just override our personalities entirely. Wouldn't that be absolutely the greatest thing? That's what I'm looking forward to. I was thinking about what you're saying because there's, there's like, there's a form of rest that we find within our work. Yes. You know, and yeah. so I even find like when we go on like on vacation to Hawaii or something, mm-hmm. like if I can do some writing, if I can, I actually find yeah. a certain amount of rest mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you when it comes to like your own theology for work, because one of the things I've always respected about you is just your mm-hmm. output. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering, is there sometimes a tension that you see in like the finished work camp? Yeah. So you're because there's this declaration of it is finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how does that how does that work yeah. with our theology for work or our motivation to be actually producing on the earth? Is there a tension there or do you feel like finished work really complements and helps build a good theology for for high output, you know, creativity on the earth? Yeah, that that's a great question. And I, I think there there uh, there can be a tension. There doesn't have to be, but I think there's a tension in us. The tension is, is more in us sort of wrapping our heads around this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. because we see there are things that need to be done uh, that we don't just lay on the couch and, 
you know, click our fingers and life magically happens. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think almost like sort of segueing from what we're talking about the mindfulness, I think yeah. it's interesting, you know, society, like with all of this technology, with these apps, that's the buzzword now is mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and I think often what we see is just almost a, um, almost like a Buddhism aspect to it that's in the culture. But, you know, that doesn't mean it's wrong. I mean, meditation is in Buddhism, but it's, uh, we know as a source, there's a there's the practice of the presence of God. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that really this is the antidote to where we're at right now because we, we can just so get, I mean, when we're talking about working and doing and output, we can be completely overwhelmed by, we, we're not a need motivated people at the mm -hmm. end of the day we're presence oriented presence wow. person oriented wow. uh, people and so i think that the more we as believers realize this you know this mindfulness thing is something everybody's craving the presence of god and so often it's in their own sort of escaping into bubbles of rest you know he's there they may not realize it's him but they they realize we're created for something a bit more and we're created for the, uh, this this wholeness and wholesomeness and uh, yeah but I, I think um, I think there's a lot that has to do in terms of our output the, the way I see it is there's there's we need to know that there is calling there is something mm -hmm. everybody's called to different things and sometimes we can see somebody being really um, proficient in some type of career or whatever and, and we it's easy for us to compare ourselves mm -hmm. out of insecurities totally, totally, and, totally. And, and lack of identity so i think if we can get the identity thing right in the gospel in this finished work revelation then we're not running around like in this frenzy frothing at trying to do all these things just to build identity totally and i think especially how much in ministry i mean we've both seen absolutely. guys they're, they're building these empires but it's, they're little boys inside you absolutely. know and it's it's man if we just if we could be centered and know who we are we we enjoy our work and it's it's there's it's fun it doesn't mean every responsibility is something you want to get out of bed for in the morning but but you can find joy in it and you're not always living in this duty driven mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's not that we're slackers and like, you know, well, I don't feel like it today, so I'm not going to bathe, but, <laughs> but, but there's, there's still like, uh, there's joy, you know, there's, there's, there's bliss in the midst of it. So, yeah, I think, um, I think there's something too, and, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, on what co-laboring mm. really means. Talk to me about co-laboring Darren. Yeah, uh, about like basically partnering, hmm. partnering with, with the Lord and what, mm -hmm. what he wants, what, what he wants to accomplish. How do you see is that, that? Is that how you would? Yes. Yeah. How do you see that? Yeah. I've got my thoughts. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I'm just thinking about what you're talking about regarding, regarding calling. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. um, and, and some, sometimes I don't know if we know really how to articulate what our, what our call is. I think a lot of times people look at me and they're like, well, you're called to be a pastor. Mm. And I'm like, nah, I, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's, I think that's the, the, I've been honored with this title of, of being called a shepherd, this place of, 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 of taking care of a group of people within the context here, at, you know, at Sarah Bible Center. Um, so, like, what does it look like to love God and then to love people and watch as that love transforms lives, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And um, and so that's something that, that I get to do, this wonderful opportunity. But I feel like when it comes to calling, I don't know if I'm able to really articulate that mm -hmm. because I feel like there's so much in me that resonates with different with different with different things. I can watch, I can watch um, 
a stand-up comedian and there's just something in me that just starts to to light up you yeah. know where i feel like man i know like there's something in me that wants you know yeah. i went i went and actually tried it at a at an open mic night last year mm-hmm. with with my buddy because because there was something i was just curious you know and i feel like yeah. that there's something there that has to do with my call but i can't really yeah. articulate articulate what it is um there's something about music i don't really lead worship anymore but there's something about playing music creating music producing music where like i just watched a documentary about rick rubin the other day and as i was watching i was like i just know that there's 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 something there you know and i'm sure the same thing would be true of you when you're engaging with different art and different things where the yeah. things that just light you up you know it's a part of mm-hmm. it's a part of who you are and what god has called you to do yeah. so when i think of of co-laboring with the with the lord i feel like the invitation for me is not to be put into this pastor box as far as mm-hmm. this is what a pastor does this is what a pastor looks like mm-hmm. but what it is is it's for me to to be invited into this place of of exploring all of these things that the lord has put in inside of me that i that i enjoy that lights me up and to figure out how to engage with those things in in, in such a way where the earth can be better because of my contribution like mm. some of the things i tell my kids all the time like the earth will be better because of you that's good knowing that um that uh and, and that's where when i think of co-laboring with the lord I, I i feel like it's that place of going like i'm i'm working on a project with my kids right now and when we're doing it together there's all this joy i think about when we built a tree fort on property that wasn't ours so the city ended up tearing it down mm-hmm. that was that was a sad <laughs> you know and i knew that that could be a risk yeah. you know we were like building this tree for a green belt right like right. yeah like <laughs> but it was no 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 regrets right <laughs> like like we co-labored me yeah. and my kids yeah. to build this epic fort yeah out you know out, outward ducks are trying to, to to mate and do their thing and we're like ah you know like building a fortress sure and sure. so that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking i'm i'm, I'm Yes. processing with you right now about this idea of taking all of these gifts desires things that light yep. me up knowing that the father's put that in me yes. and being able to explore this stuff in such a way where hopefully yeah. it inspires other people yeah. to really truly live and i think that that's uh, uh that's not something I, that like that i'm trying to do that's not like a striving to do yeah. like i want to i want to live i want to be alive right. i want to have this human experience sure but i feel like it's been something that i've been invited like mm-hmm. the like the father's invited me like hey yes. let's let's do stuff together and let's yeah. and that's pastoral yeah like because through those expressions people are experiencing the love of god and they're being mm-hmm. invited into that love journey yeah and i think right there you know you the gospel is is a participation. I, I think when when people hear us say it is finished, uh, it's not like we just don't do anything. It, you know, it, we are participants in this whole cornucopia of life, and just like you enjoy participating with your kids, and you you're trying to draw their calling out of what do you want to do? Right, what's what's right, in your right, heart? And I think right. so often we're asking God, "What do you called me to do?" And He's like, "What what's already in there? Like what." You, you know, you have these desires. Uh, I, I have the same thing. I love comedians. I, you know, we share that. And, yeah. and I've toyed with the idea of, of doing so. But at the same time, uh, you've heard me preach. It's, it's like, a, that's, I can't help, but that just, who, that's who I am. It yeah. spills out. If I'm not goofing around, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not enjoying it. And I know God's getting bored. Of, you know, he doesn't want to be in the meeting. So you're, I mean, and you, you're the right. same way. Right. I mean, right. you're, I, we, I said today, we've never had a serious conversation. Right. Too. So, I mean, you're, right. you, I, you've just, you're beaming with, with fun and joy. So I think um, there are these aspects. This is probably that, the most serious conversation we've ever. It really, you know, it probably yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, we're being very mature, right? Yeah, right now. yeah, we're being big boys. Yeah, that's right. right. Now. We've got a big boy pants yeah, on. on. Yeah. So I think 
I think uh, uh, when it comes to calling, so often it's what. Here's how I say: it, is if what would you do if you could do anything in the world, mm-hmm. and money was not even an issue on the table? If you could do anything, uh, whether or not you got paid for it, you would do it anyway, and yet maybe get paid for it. Okay. Now it doesn't mean, Oh, I'd play Xbox all day long, but maybe, maybe there's something even in that, that you, okay. What games are you, you know, if you're doing first person shooter games, you shouldn't go shoot anybody, but, but there's, there's, there's still maybe something in within there that, um, I used to really, I was actually a worship leader myself. You You would never want to hear it. Come on. I'm not as good as my cousin, David. And so we were, uh, like uh, on guitar or like solo, like with a mic, like, come on people. Like, uh, I was more like a free, or, freestyle rapper is what I was. <laughs> yeah. New metal worship. No, I played a uh, bass guitar, actually, really? but I haven't touched it in 15 and years. And you lead worship from the bass. I would lead worship from the bass. Yeah. Uh, I could play around with other things. You know, I'm, 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 I'm old school That's renewal awesome. guy. That's so incredible. I was like Kevin Prosh like days. Sting. Like, like didn't sting like, he did yeah, yeah yeah he did he did um yeah but I, you know i was into you know kevin prosh would have all these crazy instruments remember that Absolutely. And so i bought the ham- hammered dulcimers and i was a hippie i could grow hair back then i had a, a kevin prosh do and you know blowing your conch shell and all Come that on. you know I was, I was a flaming charismatic at one point i mean <laughs> I, I i i probably should not broadcast this but believe it or not john crowder sewed his own prayer banners at one point with fabric from michael's and a, a bag to carry my um, my banners in. Now, were these banners to sell, like on a product table, or were these banners that you would integrate as you? I as had you no led product worship? table. Okay. <laughs> this is back when you make stuff just to enjoy it in the service. Yeah, I'm wondering <laughs> if we should broadcast this. I'm, I'm having I'm having some uh, some doubts now. Yes, yeah, so I've been through the whole gamut. Okay, that's, but, that's so awesome. So I I, I enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed worship and I enjoyed music, but um, but I just I wasn't that great. And I was yeah. actually pretty good at bass, but I you know I couldn't hold a tune. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I would sit and I was trying to write music because I just wanted to write. I had this desire to like create. Yeah. And so I sit. I'm sitting one day in a coffee shop, and I'm just trying to write. And I I uh, and I got frustrated with trying to write music. And, and all of a sudden, this poetry started coming out. Now mm. you don't think of Crowder as the poet, but like uh, and but at the time, man, I was just this this creativity is just pouring out of me, and I'm right. And then I just realized, man, I love writing. And so, you know, that sort of morphed over the years and I realized the Lord, you know, had, there's a book in me. Mm-hmm. And then, and then out of that, I, I never realized that I'd end up writing like seven books. So I think I had this desire, this calling within me that I was and, and for a season. Yeah, it was music, but I think it was more trying to find its outlet in a sense that it, it, it maybe changed and shifted a little bit. So maybe you like Xbox, you're sitting there playing Xbox all day. It doesn't mean that's bad in itself, but maybe you've got a call there's something in there that you know once it finds its outlet there there's there is a desire in you for for something and it's it's sort of discovering what's already in there what the lord's put in there for somebody it may be working on motorcycles or being a baker i think we have this idea that a calling from god if you're not a preacher Mm -hmm. or a worship leader then it's not kingdom that's right that's right and kingdom is uh, i mean if you're a 
a manufacturer, you're a fisherman, you're a policeman, you're a firefighter. That's kingdom, man. The whole, the, the, the kingdoms of this world have become, we're all participating in this. And it's not that one is better than another. And I think that's really critical for people to know, because I think sometimes they don't feel like it's spiritual, the thing that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so uh, it doesn't mean every desire we have is from the Lord, but that, that general, man, if I could just be in this. And, and I think with co-laboring, you know, Paul said it's, it's Christ so mightily works, his spirit so mightily works within me. And, and it's, uh, it's him operating through us. It's, it's still we're participating, but we're empowered, we're driven by desire. And, and I think just so often we don't, we don't give him the credit for something because it, it, we just thought it was in our heart something we wanted to do. But the two are synergizing very yeah. often. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I want to ask you about... Um, Kind of switching gears. We, we hit on this last time when we, when we did a, a podcast before, mm-hmm. and I wanted to hit on um, uh, kind of this whole thing of the, doc, the doctrine of salvation. Mm-hmm. And um, and what I've been thinking on just throughout the, even this weekend, this whole, pl- this whole place of, okay, so when were you saved? Yeah. To that 2,000 years ago, you know, when, yeah. when, when Jesus died on the cross and, and resurrected and ascended and, and, and all of that. Um, and this moment of, of conversion, this conversation mm-hmm. of, 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 of conversion, that moment of kind of a, awakening to the reality of what of what of what Christ has done, yeah. and, I, and I'm trying to think back on my own story of of of, of real surrender, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to to the Lord, and and one of the things I'm thinking on, on as you're as you're talking of is is like yeah we're we're included right humanity mm-hmm. is it was included on the cross and in the grave, and there needs to be there needs to be the pro, the, the proclamation of this of this good news, mm-hmm. but how do we so what i'm wondering for you john is like when you're doing stuff in, in third world countries or you're just like ministering to people out in the streets of portland or wh- whatever this looks like mm-hmm. that moment when there's like there's this discovery to this to this truth mm-hmm. uh and 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 kind of the old school way of like the sinner's prayer of, of believe in your heart confess with your mouth um and would you pray with me um what 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 we're talking about this weekend is at that moment isn't the moment of your salvation but at that at that point there is this kind of this 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 declaration where you're kind of coming into agreement with your with this with this revelation and and i and 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 as i'm just kind of talking here like i feel like when it comes to weight loss you know which is probably one of the one of those things that every year january 1st this is the year i'm going to lose all this weight mm-hmm. you know then you get into february march and like it was a great idea yeah i think what what really kind of like makes that makes that successful is when we're able to really make some sort of commitment where there's some sort of accountability and some sort of reminder of what sure. we so the question john is just like in light of what jesus has already done yeah you know, um, what do you think is like a good, just kind of best practice as far as being salt, being light, mm-hmm. but also being perhaps that catalyzing agent whereby somebody can truly make that commitment? Yeah. Um, because it can be kind of a, you know, I realize, realize it's not our commitment that saves us. Sure. And yet there, that it is a commitment that we, where we really begin to contrast Absolutely. Um, that new reality. So would you mind just kind of speaking into that? And um, yeah. it's just been something I've been thinking through as far yeah, as finish work but that and, and the salvation moment, but also kind of like what yeah. our role is as far as being salt yeah. and light and walking people through this, through this process. Yeah, that, that's a great, uh, great question. And I think it's, it is so important that we hammer out that, um, T.F. Torrance, great theologian, he said, if, if one link 
in the chain of salvation is left up to me, mm-hmm. then the entire chain is as weak as its weakest link. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to come at it really solid that our our decision doesn't save us. It's a, you know we didn't invite him into our lives. He's brought us into his life. So mm-hmm. we start from a place of union without even realizing mm-hmm. it. You know uh, John fourteen twenty. He says, "In that day, you will realize I am in the Father." And you are in me, and mm-hmm. I'm in you. So a lot of times, what we call getting saved is is our realization of our, of our union. But we don't always have a theology for that. And sort of what we get handed in the evangelical world is that's the moment Jesus jumped inside of you, or that's the moment, and it becomes like this transactional thing that we played a part in. But in in breaking that down and and bringing it back to the reality that. It's thanks to Christ and him crucified that, that, you know, he is the bedrock of salvation. What he did, he's the savior of the world. If I lift it up, I'll draw all to myself in saying that it doesn't mean that we don't make a decision. It doesn't mean that we aren't called to, to repentance or to, mm-hmm. to faith. It's just that we're putting those things in their proper place as byproducts of reality mm-hmm. as he has declared it. So it's, it's not repent and believe so that you may be saved. It's Christ has done it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, let's change our mind. Therefore, let's trust. Therefore, let's live it out. Let's, and, and not just dip our toe in, but really live it out. Let's be possessed by this reality because this is reality. Mm-hmm. And I think it gets us out of just this like, you know, what day, when were you saved? What's the moment? Write it down on a paper. And that, that's fine, but it's it, it can almost become this uh, sentimental sort of superstitious thing. When in reality, this is a this is a union that has always been here. He's always been for us. And there's a deep call because there's a lot of people that, well, I've always been a Christian. I can't think of the moment I was saved but I love Jesus and I live for Jesus. Am I not saved because I didn't have a lightning bolt moment? It's, it's mm-hmm. not about the when mm-hmm. it's about the who. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. So I, I think coming at this from an inclusion perspective that all are in him, you know, in him, we live and move and have our being. Paul said that to pagans in him, we live and move with that perspective. If I see some, you know, Joe on the street, uh, I don't say pray this prayer so Jesus can save you. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I say you you realize God loves you. You're you're fully included. The disciples they belonged before they believed. That's right. That's right. In fact, Jesus told them. He said the kingdom of and Pharisees and everybody who's listening, the kingdom of God is within you. Yeah. He said that before the cross. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, interesting. Yeah. So I say you you're you're included. Therefore, let's let's wake up to this let's enjoy engage in this relationship because the relationship is two ways mm-hmm. uh but fortunately both sides of those are fully fulfilled in the god man jesus so it's not like i can fail god right but he he wants us he wants us living our full best life he wants us to succeed it's not about disappointing him it's like he hates sin because sin destroys us so he wants us living like it and all this. yeah so i think it's just putting things in a different perspective not truncating salvation down to this experience that we make happen but rather we are experiencing something that he has solidified and yes there's a call to commitment and living it out and enjoying it and uh yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think about like the sinner's prayer? 
I don't think it's it's a horrible thing in itself. I think you know whatever, and, and the Lord will use anything despite the theology. I, I think um, there's a lot of different ways that it's engaged. I, I don't think it's like like wrong. I think it's just it's not this magical formula totally, that totally. gets you in right. But whatever, just if you can get people re- relating directly to God rather than just listening to you you know what well, hey let's talk to him you know totally yeah totally. I think that's great and it's okay to you know hey forgive me my sins but you you know confession is really i think capon said it's dragging our sins into the light of jesus so we can see they were forgiven all along wow wow so even with like our evangelism campaigns and stuff i kind of switched up how i did that it wasn't like pray and jesus will come it was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm like preaching out of Romans five at a crusade, you know, that everybody's in in the last Adam, and so, so I'm like, because you're in, therefore, let's thank Jesus that He forgives us, and let's like receive that, and let's enjoy that, and let's pray that, and now let's let's walk with Him, and let's ha- yeah. see how He wants us to live. So it's 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 like, hey, you're already included. Rather than you get into my club, it's like, hey, guess what? You're already in. You didn't know you're in the club. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. I mean, because I I think that like the sinner's prayer tends to be more for us than it is for God, right? Yes. Like, um, and I think that sometimes it's helpful to have yes. the moment of I do, even though He. He already said absolutely i do you know he said it on the cross you know i do no matter what you know and i I feel like it like ceremony is somewhat Mm -hmm. important just for our own kind of humanity and conscious process as far as those defining moments whereby um, we're saying from this point forward it's going to contrast from the previous yes you know and that's where i was trying that 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 was kind of the the question behind the question mm-hmm. was you know f- for for john you know and, yeah. and how you're walking this out as far as what that looks like you know, it's funny i was at a funeral this, it's not funny i was at a funeral but i, I was at this funeral and this Callous, pa- this, Callous man. i know yeah. uh, this pastor went into an altar call and the, he'd been in ministry for years it was one of those awkward probably even inappropriate altar calls i've ever heard because you yeah. know somebody's died and yeah, everyone's get gr- bad at a everyone's funeral grieving and yeah. and you know or if they, they say this person's gone to hell or have you been one of those they're not a believer i've so never like, how could you yeah. possibly do this you are yeah i was sitting there kind of like uh, are we really gonna do this now like, yeah. if you ever want to see uncle ted again yeah. you know like and um and but I was like, this guy's making it way more difficult than it needs to be, and you know, nobody, nobody responded. Yeah. But you know what it did is it gave me this great like confidence, like yeah. to call people to Jesus. You sure. know, like it's yeah. like the next day was Sunday, and I and I was, and I, and I just went into the whole thing of like. You know, if knowledge was everything, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the the Derek Sivers quote, I don't know if you've heard it, like, if knowledge was everything, we'd all be billionaires and have six-pack abs, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah. like, no, knowledge isn't everything. Yeah. If, you know, if we have Google, we could have anything, yeah. you know? It's a relationship, it, yeah. Yeah, and it's also just, it's it's about it's about really taking responsibility for the knowledge yeah. that, that you have, like, sure. that, that place of commitment. Yeah. And so, in light of that, if you would like to just say, hey... I, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. People just flood. All, all these people made 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 decisions. Yeah, you know. I, I and and I felt like it was like, you know, and like like yes, like Jesus already loved them. He already died for all of their sins. But like as I've just been kind of processing yeah. through even through this weekend and this this kind of place, yeah. you know, um, uh, 
this place of how do you receive this revelation mm-hmm. and still have a desire to call people yeah. uh, into a relationship with Jesus and what yeah. does that process look like? Yeah, so, and I think it should fire us up even more because like we we realize, hey, these guys out here, they're not the spawn of Satan. They're 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 family. You know, Jesus he did call the Pharisees, you know, John eight, he's like, you know, you're children of your father the devil, but you gotta put that in in context of the whole thing. And in John chapter one, it says he came to his own. Mm-hmm. And his own did not receive him. So they're living as under a foreign father because they forgot the rock from which they were cut. So I I tend to like, again, Paul's Mars Hill approach of evangelism where Mm -hmm. he's like, you're already in. You know, in him we live and move and have our being. But you don't know who you're worshiping. You don't even know the source. You don't even, you're worshiping the unknown. Let me tell you who he is. Let me tell you what you're really called to. And and so I I just think that there's this way that we can embrace people and, and bring them to that point of of commitment and and, and calling and and relational you know two-way relationality mm-hmm. uh but it's you're, it's really this should make evangelism so much easier because mm-hmm. we're taking that hurdle out of you're an outsider now he's made the outsiders insiders yeah how appealing is that to yeah. know that there's already family here and uh we're not saying just uh you know ignore it move on we're saying this this is what you're looking for, man. This yeah. is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it's how we view it. Cause you know, when you say saved, unsaved, that can be messy language for some people. Cause it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You know, it, it, it touches on people's ideas of what hell is, or is God intentionally sending or just, there's just so much like, um, nuance in there. And so I, I think that I like to use Really, if you're going to make a distinction, believer or unbeliever, do you do you believe? Do you okay. realize yeah. that, that what he's already done? You yeah. know, um, because some of these words they get loaded after totally. a period of totally. time. You know, because salvation can talk about what he's already done, it, but oftentimes it gets applied to our reception of it. As important as our reception of it is, we're we're receiving something that is done. Yeah, I think that's that's critical. It's really good. It's really yeah, good. Yeah. Hey, I want to dive into um, if this is all right. Sure. Uh, this conversation of um, uh, in in from what this this theological term of ultimate reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that uh, I've never actually heard anybody that believed in ultimate reconciliation even mm-hmm. use that term. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's, it tends to be a term only used by the critics of other ministers or other ministries. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've yet to be in a meeting or watch something on YouTube where it's like, I am an ultimate reconciliationist, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. now hear me roar. No. So I like, and so one of, so I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about this, this, this idea of like, when it's all said and done, mm-hmm. when everything's said and done, we find ourselves wherever we find ourselves. Mm-hmm. That we're gonna that 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 this this there's this place of union that you had. Um, and and I, might, I might be unfair with this, so I want you just kind of you know mm-hmm. tap in. But um, when I think of ultimate reconciliation, on one hand, it's it it. it, it it seems inc- incredibly hopeful, especially for relatives that maybe passed away that were, you know, that were just anti-Christ, like, mm-hmm. you know, showed up at the Thanksgiving table and you guys are idiots, you know? Yeah. Um, like, so like it, it, it would fill me with hope for, mm-hmm. you know, for someone in the family. On the other hand, I, I also rec- wrestle with this idea of like forced union mm-hmm. and the and this and this picture of like Andrea at the end of the day, even if you chose to walk away from me, 
you will be with me forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it kind of it would make me out to be kind of this creepy husband where mm-hmm. like, I, I, yeah. no matter what you choose, like you will be in union with me for eternity. Right. Yeah. You know, and so um, uh, is there a difference between um, ultimate reconciliation and inclusion and yeah. some of the things that, that you've been diving into as far as this is what's been done for all of humanity? Yeah. And does that mean at the end of the day that no matter what you choose, you will be in the family? Right. You know? Yeah, great question. Yeah, so um, personally, I don't, I don't believe in an ultimate future reconciliation. I believe it already happened 2,000 years ago. Okay. Uh, he, you know, one died for all, all died. Um, our death to the old and entrance to the new happened in Jesus. However, like you said, it's, it's, if it's a forced relationship, it's not a forced relationship. We're free to reject. And, you know, you see in Revelation 21, you see the, 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 the doors of heaven of the, the new Jerusalem are always open day and night. Mm-hmm. And there are those naughty people outside and there is a place called outside the party. We're free to reject mm-hmm. him, but we can't make him stop loving and including us. He's always, his arms are always open and we're, we're free to reject. Um, but what do you see in, in that passage in revelation 21, the spirit and the bride say, come mm-hmm. and who are they talking to come drink freely of the waters of life. They're talking to those. The only other people in that passage are those outside the gates. Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis said the door of hell is locked from the inside. Mm-hmm. And so he's not forcing that relationality. And yet he's already bound himself to us in an, in an irreversible way that he's not giving up on us. You never see a point at which the, the good shepherd stopped seeking the lost sheep. And although it's, it's evangelical suicide to even mention this, um, what do you do with verses like where Peter talks about Christ preaching to these souls in prison? I mean, mm-hmm. what do you do with stuff like that? Now, I'm not saying I have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that maybe maybe there's a little more to this than what we've, what we've been mm-hmm. handed here in the Western world. And mm-hmm. I, I lean more towards the Orthodox perspective. And they say... You know, and have said this, you know, millions of believers all the way back for thousands of years have believed that heaven and hell are more like our human language to describe what it's like in the presence of God. You're mm-hmm. going to love it or you're going to hate it, mm-hmm. but you can't escape it. I mean, where can we go outside of a God who's everywhere? Wow. And so it's a, it's an interesting perspective. But where I sit in terms of reconciliation, I do believe that there is enough scriptural case for hope. I think God has this hope, but he's not forcing himself in that sense, you know, because if if there's not a willing yes on our side, is it really a relationship? And I think you can jump to this dogmatic universalism. Everybody's going to get in and it becomes this logical forced thing that's just not it's not it's it's not really relational. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that there's you can make a strong scriptural case for hell and in the sense of even the traditional what we call traditional it's not really old but the american version but you could also make a strong scriptural case for everybody you know coming in to salvation i see it more as there there's a hope and it's okay to live with this tension mm-hmm. but we don't have to have this dogmatic assertion that i know how it's all going to happen because man we just haven't been there and we could say I had a visitation and, you know, 90 minutes in hell and have a Hollywood movie about it or whatever. But in reality, like, like we see that God has a hope for the salvation of all men, it says. And so I think if he has this hope, 
then it's not just allowed. I think this is a commanded hope for us. Yeah. The hope for all of humanity. I mean, if we want people to fry in their own fat forever, guess where we're probably going, <laughs> right. right? So that's for me. I don't see a future reconciliation as this weird dogmatic universalist thing, but I think there's a hope and I think it's okay and good and healthy to have that hope for all of humanity. And we'll see at the end of the day, we're going to see, but it's not going to be a forced thing. It's mm-hmm. going to be, we're going to want to be part. And, um, yeah, time will be the tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, if it's okay to kind of go a little little, little deeper with this. So yeah. we're studying Colossians right now, mm-hmm. um, and we're just in the first first chapter. It talks about like it talks about um, the centrality of Christ, mm-hmm. and and it, and it says some pretty big things there in Colossians yeah. one, and, and it talks about not just humanity. It refers to all things, yeah, and it refers to all things in the cosmos and and, and on the earth, yes. And it talks about him reconciling mm-hmm. all things. And so, um, uh, my question, John, is is what do you think about this 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 idea of even heavenly bodies being reconciled? E- even, yeah. even 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 um, uh, the idea of even demons. Mm being given an opportunity to repent and to mm-hmm. take on their original have uh, satan over for tea one day yeah do yeah. you think do yeah. you think one day every do you, like words like all like because we yeah. see all like like these words like all being used yeah you know and so what what does all mean right you know and yeah. um and even even it is finished what does that mean like these mm-hmm. these, these are really big these are really big questions yeah, yeah it, when it says every knee will bow mm-hmm. does that mean that that even lucifer will be like yeah i had it wrong all these years you know right. like whoops yeah yeah, I mean, well, you, you definitely have, man, there in Colossians, you've got this massive cosmic scope to the gospel for sure. And I think if you if you look at the church fathers and um, and, and and some of the earlier patriarchs, I mean, you had guys like Origen who who did seem to tend to believe this that uh, that even demons or, or whatever mm-hmm. could could ultimately be reconciled. Wow, he believed that, huh? Yeah, and then you have but you have others that would strongly disagree with him. So yeah, I, I think yeah. there's there's multiple trains of thought in there. Um, I, I don't personally; it's not like a, a, a real critical thing to sure. me. I wouldn't. Um, because I, I think some of this may be a little beyond our metaphysical pay grade. Because what what actually makes up a, a spirit? You know, like we picture Satan like a personality with horns, and yeah. I'm not saying he isn't real, but like it, it may not be like a, a necessity for reconciliation in the way we think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we sort of anthropomorphize Satan and put him into like our, yeah, but. Um, but but who knows? I, I just I don't know. It's all I know is everything is gonna be set right. We are we are going to be happy with the end result. Yeah. And I don't think that means sitting over and like roasting our relatives like s'mores over the fires of hell or whatever. But I do think that right. like we're gonna be happy with how this this thing ends right. on a good note. And yeah. that's and it's okay to have hope for that. I don't think anybody you know is gonna be crying if if Satan doesn't make it in, and then if somehow. He is more of a personality that that did make it in. Well, you know that that may be entertaining as well. Who knows? He seems to throw good parties in some cities. I guess yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I think I don't know. I, it's a good question. I yeah. think it's a it's an interesting question. I just I, I try to hesitate from being dogmatic on something like that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But at the same time, realizing the the scope of the restoration of all things really is all things. So yeah. Yeah, it kind of messes with the mind a bit, and also I think that there's also probably um, 
it, it stirs stuff up, in the, especially with, within some of the more uh, mystic circles, yes. where there's reports of people even converting demons, and um, yeah. uh, and then even uh, even the idea of in, in the same way that people will go to heaven in the spirit and engage mm-hmm. in things in, in in heaven, even the idea of being able to go to hell and to set the captives free and and, and, and those kinds of things. So I've I've, yeah. I've uh, uh, you know, liberty to capture and taking like Isaiah 61 and applying that in, into different kinds of realms and that mm-hmm. we as sons of God, that we should be engaging in those greater things, yeah. you know, right now. So I think that like, if we can really, if we can really say like, like, here's what our response, and I think that's, that's actually part of the, uh, part of the question is what is our responsibility as sons of God yeah. here, here and now? Right. And then what stuff do we need to just kind of, to trust the Lord with. And yeah, I think so. Cause I think, you know, especially when we start getting into like visionary experiences, it can be quite subjective and, and it's like, man, I mean, I could, if that was a thing that I needed to imagine myself in hell and getting people out, then, you know, and if I thought like, especially if I thought God was intentionally sending them there or whatever, like it wasn't their own self-destruction, then, then, I, then man, I should be laying on the ground doing that all day long you know what i mean <laughs> just forget feeding the kids we're propped we up we, against we, the wall yeah yeah, yeah. feed me starbucks <laughs> yeah. by intravenous i've got to get these people out of hell and I, I think we can take a bit of a burden on our shoulder that really rests on his shoulder i, th- I think uh it's like a warped matrix experience like <laughs> i suppose it is yeah <laughs> whoa yeah. <laughs> But man, who knows? Man, there's such a, a there. There is a, a complexity, and there there is a, um, a a cloud of witnesses. I mean, there there's a lot of stuff out there for sure. I just think um, I think it's okay to keep it simple. Yeah, and uh, we can trust the Lord with it, and 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 let's minister to real people that are in front of us. I think that's a healthy thing to do, and really earth and incarnate this thing a bit. So, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Maybe evangelize your neighborhood first before you yeah, know before yeah. the fourth layer of hell, or, or, or maybe know. just be nice to your family members. You know, preach the gospel if necessary. Use words. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a- a- absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna ask you. Uh, so, like, so you did this whole video on uh, on on marijuana oh yeah what was what was the response to that because i know that you took your time kind of being like look i know that some of you are going to listen to this and you're going to think i'm being way too hard yeah and then others of you are going to listen to this and you're going to be like you're being way too free or loose with this yeah and so was there much of a of a a response um to that oh yeah Um, especially because you're 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 in oregon and we're in washington sure so it's this is i mean you smoked a bowl this morning i'm sure (laughs) yeah Yeah. what (laughs) i don't know dude (laughs) Uh, you know what? It, it wasn't as controversial as I thought it would be. I think uh, you, def- you definitely have people that, if you if you address any type of specific social issue, you're going to have the attaboys from certain people and then yeah. the, the fury and rage from other people. So I, I try not to weigh in too much on real specifics, yeah. you know. But when I do, I I, I try to always bring it from a, a gospel perspective because I, I don't want to like break those bridges of like the ability for somebody to receive the gospel over something that as important as it may be, isn't like, you know, on par of rejecting the divinity of Jesus or something like yeah. that, you know, it's just, we, we need to live healthy. And Paul talked about healthy morality things. And so I think there was, um, there was uh, quite a bit of good feedback and it was, was cool as a lot of guys were like, Hey, you know, I've actually listened to you for years. I'm a total pothead. They wouldn't call themselves that, mm-hmm. but they're like, you know, I smoke every day yeah. and they're like, um, because I respect you, I'm I'm gonna actually listen through this 
and pray about it and meditate on it and reconsider my life choices. I thought that was really cool. That is. Because that's something we just don't see a lot of these days is just humility in the church. To totally. Realize, I, I don't have everything figured out. I mean, you do. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting conversation. It's definitely something that's like with the whole, even with the whole GLBTQ kind of conversation, because mm-hmm. these conversations are becoming, like they're really just beginning right now in a very intense way within within the church. Yeah, and um, and so you know how that can go. It can go one of two directions. Yeah, and I feel like there's there's definitely a responsibility right now within the church to be able to have articulate conversations yes and being able to establish good biblical boundaries right in order to really direct our children in like in the trajectory of of, of yeah. the church yeah so it is an interesting thing because um, because uh, because you love people and you want to do right by people yeah. and, um, and at the same time um, typically as generations progress they tend to be a little bit more liberal and a little bit more free and and that's a little frightening looking at the state of the church right now sure. in, in 2019 going in, into 2020 yeah. and just looking at like what's the trajectory of the church when it, here in washington oregon yeah. when it comes to things like the 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 glbtq conversation mm-hmm. when it comes to the abortion conversation and mm-hmm. a mother's right to choose how dare we try to you know try to take that away yeah you know and these these different kinds of things and i know that there's i know when it comes to the abortion conversation you've been very outspoken with that yeah and um uh and so i don't know if it's a question here. I, I i guess like um w- like the the responsibility of mothers and fathers because we're, we're kind of like we're, we're the mothers and fathers right yeah. now yeah. and our responsibility to kind of frame a specific kind of trajectory for the church and if we think it's going to be successful yeah absolutely and i, I think uh what helps is not coming at things from this um, knee-jerk fundamentalism that they they assume you're already gonna as a Christian. It's th- he just wants to pro- you know project his right-wing agenda on us or something. Mm-hmm. But but there's an authenticity of love and care that you have, and you realize people people are just legitimately confused in these areas mm-hmm. and they've had so much propaganda fed them. And, and so it's like, you know, you're not even necessarily directly hitting the issue itself at the first. I don't like, I wouldn't go up to somebody and just automatically have a conversation about their sexuality. That is several tiers down mm-hmm. the road of, we don't even, we haven't even built a relationship yet where I have authority to speak into your life on something right, like that. Right. So I, I think as, as we do come into this real revelation of this gospel of inclusion and this gospel of, of, of real legitimate love, then I think it, it kind of breaks down some of these things where we, we have more. And even if we can agree to disagree in some areas, mm-hmm. that's a better starting point than just wanting to kill each other. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, accepting people where they're at, and yet God loves us enough that he doesn't keep us there. You know, he's always challenging us to grow and, and to, um, to come into. Yeah, but I think we definitely, um, we, need to have, we need to have a voice in these social areas. And I think it's just a, a real fine balance of, of, of always 
keeping the gospel first in mm-hmm. it because we can easily step off of that platform of grace into politics very easily. And yeah. so, um, although we have strong opinions in certain areas and we know, Hey, this is the, the right moral path to go according to scriptures. Um, we can, we can, we can present that in the wrong spirit a lot of times in a way that's unnecessary when really we could, we could bring people in, in a way that the lines are clear, but, but people do see that fathering. They do see that real heart, uh, behind it is not just a, just a hoist a, a morality program on them for in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's sort of something you've seen as well. Yeah. 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 No, I think what you're saying is as far as just the gospel coming first, like the good news of the gospel so that we're being motivated by the gospel, not by a political agenda. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I absolutely agree with what you're talking about as far as yeah. how, how blurry those lines, yeah. those lines get. Yeah. And I've actually been really blessed by like, by how, like how forthright you've been with even like the, the pro-life yeah. uh, conversation with just the, let's just call it a life conversation. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and even just you sharing even how, like how Lily, you know, was, was arrested at one point for yeah. being part of a, you yeah. know, an activist movement against right. that guy. I mean, you know, not recently, yeah. but, yeah. and so, yeah, it, it is interesting how, how different conversations require a different amount of volume. Yes, exactly. Perhaps. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you need to know, you need to know the, the environment and the, who are you having the conversation with, you know, I mean, we did a, a lady boy love tour to Thailand a few years ago <laughs> right. where we ministered to the Thailand lady boys. And, uh, I, I would imagine some of our team members still have some PTSD after that mission trip. That was one of the most dangerous yeah. we'd ever done. But you know, it's hard for somebody to say that, you know, we don't care about the LGBT community. It's like, dude, have you been to Bangkok? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's awesome. You have That's to wear awesome. a flak jacket to go and people are getting shot with ping pong balls coming out of places i don't even i don't want to it's just the the, the weird trip okay but but it's like man when you go there one thing that hit me was how broken and confused and exploited the you know so many people were in this in this area and uh and the thing that hit me was like the, the lord has to pull this one off i mean this is not you could you could feed christians in here like sending infantrymen of the front lines of world war one and and it's just going to get chewed up you can't this is a, a big big thing and i think it's a big thing in front of the church today and and we have to we have to realize we're, we're going to need awakening this yeah. is going to have to come from the inside out for people and and um we have to keep love at the forefront love is not tolerance it's not just a sickly anemic tolerance where it's like anything goes but it is a real love and it is a real care and desire to see people living in a, a healthy place mm-hmm. and uh yeah I, I don't i don't see any other way yeah hey inner healing yeah yeah what i'm wondering is do you see a um a possibility for there to be because when i think of inner healing i'm i'm thinking of like um some sort of process in the same way that like a psychiatrist or a counselor could take mm-hmm. somebody through a certain uh process where there's where there's where there's understanding, and that understanding brings truth and it brings freedom, yeah. and um, and versus me taking you perhaps through a magical process where now now a demon can't either be in you or on you because you know because mm-hmm. of because of that process or I mean I mean certainly there can be a deliverance sure. you know that that takes place. My question for you, John, is like, do you see th- that there could be kind of a gospel centric form of 
of inner healing um or and i mean are you already seeing models of that in the light of because this whole like finished work kind of message is becoming mm-hmm. actually pretty 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 more it's becoming more commonplace like yeah. this this whole idea of what jesus has done and and which so, is which is crazy seeing how much it's taken off yeah and so kind of you know because there's there's like you do have fun with with a lot of inner healing stuff and it's easy mm-hmm. to have to have fun with that yeah. Yeah. and yet there's also uh, a place where where sometimes people need somebody to help them process absolutely and and to take them and uh, take some time mm-hmm. in a way that we just can't do in a conference or in a message or even in a, in a book yeah so what do you think about this whole idea of not maybe what it's been but maybe what what it could be yeah and i think it's good for people to realize when they hear me pop off at inner healing um i don't speak from a place of naivety i mean i used to go through the four inch (laughs) books multiple times i'm so old school i went through the cassette tape series for for a decade i used to train other people how to heal up their their inner while sewing praise banners that's right And, and slapping the bass like sting. Yeah. No, so um, uh, so I, I would love to actually write a book called, and I've wanted to do this for years, called Inner Healed. I believe in inner healing. Yeah. I just believe I'm healed. And so what I'm, what I'm saying is we have to start from the finish line. Mm-hmm. Rather than having people, you know, we'll go through these steps and we'll get you fixed. It starts from this place of your whole Let's discover what that wholeness yes, looks like. Yes, okay, yes. you've already arrived. You're not lacking anything. You're not. You're not messed up. Mm-hmm. We're just retraining our mind. The, the, the mind is being renewed to the reality that it's already the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I absolutely want to see this where we get a lot of this superstitious stuff out of the way. I mean, so many of these things have just been truncated to a list of make-believe demons that you just read off and renounce. I was going through one of these one time. Back in the day, you'd go through any little course that you could to get sure. extra sure. spiritual sure. points, you know, and so... Uh, I was sitting there with this guy and his wife and, and, and his superpowers, he's, he'd look you in the eyeball. And then as you read down the list of, you know, make believe demons that you're renouncing, he would just wait until you flinched. And if you made one little move, <laughs> then he would have you redo that one. And so I'm going through and, uh, it, it was getting bad. Cause I, I could see ahead of time, I'm, I'm looking down and it, it's coming to the mocking spirit. Now for starters, I know I have a mocking spirit, but you can't laugh when you're renouncing a mocking spirit. Right, right. Major red flag. And the fact that I'm not allowed to laugh just makes me want to laugh. It's like Saturday Night Live or something, yeah. you know, and, and a serious skit. You just, once the, once they start laughing, you can't. So I get down and I renounce the mocking spirit. And he's like, whoa, hang on a minute. Well, we need to do that one over again. You were like, yeah, yeah. And then the next one was something like bestiality. And then it was just out the window. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've never done that, but I'm laughing, but we don't really yeah. need to, but just in case, you know, I did have a crush on Miss Piggy. So, yeah. So I think some of these things, they just, they do get hokey and superstitious yeah. or it's just, you know, you're imagining, you know, where was Jesus when, you know, your dog was being kicked as a kid. It's like, well, Jesus was dying on the cross dealing with this stuff. And so I just think there's a lot of, man, if, if we could get some of the hokey stuff out of the way, there's a very real place for counseling. We need good counseling, but healthy counseling where it's like people are learning the truth of their identity, not trying to get there, mm-hmm. but unpackaging the reality. I think also um, 
there, there really is growth mm -hmm. to say that the work is finished. It doesn't mean we don't grow. We don't mature. Of course we grow. Of course we mature, but it's not like digging for sin all the time. Like, right. 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 Like, people are told like we're an onion, you know, you got to peel back right. this layer but you're not an onion scientifically proven. <laughs> Plus you had to dig up the whole onion patch. Okay. The yeah. whole thing was messed up, but there is a process of growth. And so like the way I say it is it's like opening your Christmas presents, you know, it's like, Whoa, God's in there. A lot of glory in there. I'm better than I thought. Oh, you know, it, 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 there's, we're going from glory to glory. And so, and a lot of times I think people, they just need a friend. They need somebody to talk to, explain what they're feeling. And they can say, Hey, you know what? That's maybe a dumb way of thinking. Here's a better way of thinking. And the renewal of the mind is not this hard, treacherous thing. It's rainbow explosions of joy going off in your head. When you realize, Whoa, there's a better way of viewing reality here than this depressive way I was thinking before. So yeah, I, I would love love to to focus more on that at some point down the road myself personally but we've seen a lot of people who are already have been in counseling and doing it the old school way who as they've gotten the gospel they've i think it's good to lay down some of those tools for a while like if you were just breaking curses and looking for demons and all this, lay down that toolbox for a bit just dive into this gospel for a while yeah and then maybe down the road you know, you can pick some of those things back up, but from a more baptized way. Yeah, because I, I mean, actually, a lot of what you do, a lot of what I see you doing, is actually a form of of inner healing. Oh, yeah. I, we draw I a mean, lot of crazy people. Yeah, I mean, as far as like, because what you're doing is you're taking these crazy <laughs> statements yeah. that we've chosen to believe that aren't yeah. that aren't necessarily true. Yes, and then you're you're saying actually here is. Here's what the here's what the truth is. Here's yeah. what the Bible says, and and then you get everyone laughing, and they yeah. laugh at it. It's like they they yes. it's like it breaks it breaks, breaks the, the power. power of it. Yeah. And and I mean to me that's like inner healing. I mean to, like I feel like this this weekend's been like an inner healing conference with John Crowder, yeah. you know, and like as yeah. far as just like not that you're healing people, but it's like you're applying, you're massaging in yeah. like the benefits of like, like let's not forget any of the benefits yeah. of the benefits package, but you're like, you're opening up the benefits package. Mm -hmm. You're pointing out the things that we used to believe. Yeah. You're pulling out the truth and then you're like, you're just massaging it and getting everybody laughing about it and it's breaking mm -hmm. the power of those, those old defeater beliefs. Which would be a great segue and maybe we can land it after this, but sure. I, I'd love to ask you, your, because you're a guy who also does not take yourself seriously. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really have always liked about you. Even though we don't spend a lot of time together, I've always felt a real connection with you over this. And um, I think that has such power that the power, we've got to value joy and, and lightness has, it, it just, and the humility and joy, because you're not taking yourself so seriously, it denudes, it just strips the power away from self-importance mm -hmm. and so many of these serious, serious issues in society. And as a guy who appreciates comedy, I, I probably should not admit this as a preacher, but you know how I roll. I love like the whole vibe of a comedy club where guys can even, they, they're making jokes even. Because in a comedy club, everybody knows it's a joke. If we can't laugh about it, then we're taking it too seriously. And then you might really have an issue. Well, we strip away this self-important, and we can just laugh about stuff. Right. Like, man, it, that's where this unity is going to happen in society. And, and I think with some of these, I don't know if you're of the same mind with humor and stuff, um, but I, I just think there's such a, power in that and in, in, in terms of yeah breaking human pride which is at yeah. the root of so many of our societal ills yeah shoot i remember being a kid 
And, um, and, and it's the only time I ever, I ever had a dream of Jesus. And in the dream, Jesus was just talking and I was laughing uncontrollably. Like just like, he was making me just laugh and laugh. I remember waking up just like, just tears coming out of my eyes. Nobody had ever made me laugh like that. And like, that was like my one and only encounter actually with Jesus. Wow. And I wonder if there, there was like an impartation there. I actually yeah. wonder if there was like an impartation from, from his heart to make people laugh and, and to enjoy people and to, you know, and I think that that's the biggest thing. Like this word enjoy means to add joy to, yeah. you know, I feel like, man, that's part of like what I love to do is to bring joy into environments, to bring joy, um, uh, to people. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it helps us take ourselves less. Like, I don't think of that consciously like today I'm going to, I'm not going to sure. take myself seriously. Right. You know, you know if, yeah. you, if you analyze it, you've lost it. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> You're like, fun. Like, yeah. Like what if he gave us joy just to make us happy? Like that was the purpose, right? <laughs> Yeah. No utilitarian, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So I, I feel like, yeah, yeah. There's something about joy right now, right? Especially yeah. just with, look at what's happening with, with Netflix and yeah. all the comedy specials. Yeah. Dude, it used to be like that in the video, in blockbuster video with horror movies. Yeah. Remember, like, horror movies just resonated with people. And, like, you have these B-budget, B, like, this, these low-budget, horrible, trashy horror movies that people loved. Yeah. And now it's like that with comedy. It's like it's like people are realizing that there's something that just resonates and come, comes alive, and we can just forget about everything and just society's laugh. gotten so serious, so polarized. I mean, what better time to cheer people up? You know, yeah. And it's the fruit. It's it's the fruit of the spirit, man. It's yeah. like love, joy, and then look what that produces. Yeah, you know, like yeah. But it's not the same as happiness. <laughs> right. I've got the I've got the unhappy version of joy. <laughs> right. Deep deep down in my heart i'm gonna extract the happiness out of your joy yeah yeah no this has been great john thank you so fun. much for just creating this time you know for us yeah, to sit down absolutely and thanks for letting us do the 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 cross uh cross pollinating here with the jesus trip and uh having yeah both both uh channels every and, time you ask me a question i'd be like oh crap what a, uh you know i'm not used to that but man it was a lot of fun and oh, just it was being a blast yeah well let's both tell people because i know some people are watching on our platform and 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 some are on yours like the how they can connect with uh, the Supernaturalist mm -hmm. podcast and uh, and all that, just uh, Seattle Revival Center. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our church is Seattle Revival Center. People can follow us at seattlerevivalcenter.com, and it kind of hubs out from there. Mm -hmm. um, and then probably uh, if you just go to uh, on YouTube, Supernaturalist, uh, podcast show everything will come up or just put my name in yeah. um, or darrenstott.com everything kind of hubs out from there as well right. yeah how, how, about, how about yourself john like yeah, if you want to stuff, with uh, you, main, how can our main website is uh the the new mystics.com and um we've got uh, our jesus trip videos that we put out once a week uh you can find it on youtube um i'm on all the you know facebook twitter how long you been doing the jesus trip for been doing the jesus trip for oh my goodness probably over over 10 years now yeah Dude, you were yeah. one of the first you were one of the pioneers of youtube yeah uh there was actually a documentary done on me on cable television it was al gore's station it's owned by al jazeera <laughs> now and it was called the youtube prophet <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome it was actually more positive than most of the stuff the church had ever said about us it was pretty fun so. yeah 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 i mean i lo love the jesus trip yeah, love thanks. just the whole introduction that you know that's a trip the yeah. flying whale that like poops a rainbow or something I, I, and then a guy comes out with a flute yeah i don't even know what else going on in there yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah. man love what right. you're doing and yeah love so, what you guys are doing here so it's been a blast and thanks for having me for the weekend and uh been been a fun show for yeah sure. we'll go for it tonight yeah and tomorrow morning sunday morning absolutely John Crowder. sunday morning yeah awesome all right all right much love take care man
podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market. And I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible and you're so supportive and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take that minute or two to leave a review, if you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarrenshow.com. That's thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Thanks, guys.